Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out I have, a, I have a question tonight as I read this article that is music-related today. Sammy Hagar, Bob Weir, and Ronnie Dunn walk into a bar in Nashville to play a surprise jam. Uh, this actually happened this week in Nashville. The, the Ryman Theater. Yeah. So the question is, Mary fuck, kill. Jesus. <laughs> Sammy Hagar, Bob Weir, and... Ronnie Dunn from Brooks and Dunn, if you, right. if you don't know who right. that is. I'll go first. I'm going to kill right, Dunn. Neil. Kill him, Dunn, because I didn't know who it was before you just told me. Um, definitely marry Bob Weir. Fuck Hagar. <laughs> I think that's the only answer. I, it may be. Let's see, Billy. What you, what you got? <laughs> I'm going to marry... Uh... Sammy... Hagar, because I want to fucking party the rest of my life. <laughs> you want I that Cabo Wabo money? Yeah, I'm gonna fuck Bob because <laughs> we're probably gonna take some LSD and fuck, which would be f- cool. And, uh, cool story, bro. Yeah, and then uh, you know, kill Don and just blame it on a hunting accident. Oh, you know? poor Don. Right? No, no, I mean, you don't blame it on a hunting cool. accident. You blame it on Brooks. Oh, yeah. Brooks in a hunting accident, I guess. <laughs> it was Brooks, not me. Let's see. I would probably... I think I'm going for that Wabo money as well. I'm going to marry Hagar. Uh, I, I, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to fuck Dunn, and I'm going to kill Weir before he kills himself. Uh, <laughs> Thought about that way too much, it sounds like. <laughs> Josh has been pining over it all day. I have been. I got some other recent news uh, music-wise as well. There's uh, the Black Keys uh, announced that... uh, I don't know why my voice went up. The Black Keys! Uh, The Black Keys... uh, You're a true podcast (laughs) host, Josh. I don't drink wine that often, but when I do, my voice goes up. Um, They released news that they're going to release an album (laughs) called uh, Dropout Boogie. Which it's a great it was it's a great album name. Well, this morning I am a Black Keys fan. I'm on their website as a you know registered, so I get the emails. And it was funny I got that email this You're morning. You're a registered Black Keys fan? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you are wearing a Black Keys shirt. <laughs> yeah, I got my I got my Delta Cream shirt nice. on. Um, but no, it was uh, so they debuted a video this morning too, and it was funny because I went, I clicked the link, and I was up at seven, eight in the morning, and it literally was like a countdown. Were you up at seven to watch the video of the no, Black Keys no, thing? No, oh, okay. I was up working, and I just got the email. I was about to say that's. Oh yeah, that's I set my alarm. What's it coming? But it was. It, it's the first time I'd ever like experienced that where you click a link and it's like it was counting down from like thirty to like the actual release of the video with all these people like oh, i can't wait but oh my god it's gonna rock um but it was it was cool like it was a funny ass video it was almost like a um 
a uh, spoof of Euphoria. It was like a high school. They're they're like uh, they were the janitor and the cook um, with a bunch uh, of yeah. kids just fucking around. So they always have some fun with their videos. Yeah, they certainly yeah. did. They're also in Eastbound and Down. Huh. Really? Oh, yeah. They, yeah, in the first season. They uh we Dude. ran into Patrick at Pikey one night. The bar on Sunset really? that's not there anymore. Yeah. yeah. And uh and he couldn't have been a nicer guy. Yeah, you know, they're from Akron, so we were like, Oh, we're from Ohio, blah, blah, blah. And he literally talked to us for like five minutes about Ohio athletics. <laughs> nice. And of course, <laughs> I see him and I go, Dan, oh, no. Uh, and he goes, Patrick. I was like, yeah, what's up, dude? Oh, fucking idiot. <laughs> he goes, it happens all the time. And he wasn't like Billy, D2 quarterback at... Remind me Billy, is that you? Ohio Dominican, yeah. He's a big ODU. Uh, he's a big small college football, uh, Ohio small college football fan. <laughs> You know Patrick Carney, <laughs> world class drummer, <laughs> D two football enthusiast. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of a D two quarterback from Ohio, we we do have a new voice on the pod this week, and his name is Billy Griffin. Welcome, uh, Billy. He's going to be helping us out for the next three weeks, providing his his comedy and acting chops. That uh, whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> you didn't say I had to be on. You didn't say that I had to be <laughs> this funny. This was about physics. I thought this was yeah. This is about physics. You said it starts with an F, and I said physics, and you said yes. Okay, and I came on. I thought this was I was going to be the Neil deGrasse Griffin or whatever. That didn't. I look to Griffin Tyson. Whatever. I like to pull the old rope a dope with uh with our with our first guest. You know, make them feel real comfortable. Um, <laughs> yeah. But this is a, a music pod. Just hit us with a couple musical tastes real quick, so we can know what we're who we're dealing with. Ooh, I am. Uh, let's. Dave Matthews, Grateful Dead, The Band, The Allman Brothers, Alabama Shakes, Houndmouth, um, Big Timers, obviously, uh, Cash Money Millionaires, <laughs> for sure, 50 Cent, yeah. Country Grammar is one of the all greatest the- albums of all time. Did you just say 50 Cent? Yeah, 50 Cent, <laughs> Get Rich or Die Trying. I'm telling you, though, uh, Country Grammar is one of the greatest albums of all time. Shout out Nelly. Uh, and one, <laughs> another great album, one of my favorite albums, uh, Cosmic Factory. Mm. Nice. Nice. That is a very good album. Okay, so we got a little musical taste. Do you have a favorite live show? If you don't have one, you can give us two or three, but no more than three. I would say the last, actually, Dead & Co. show I went to you gotta remember, like if you're if you're gonna go see Dead and Co, you're not gonna go see like the Grateful Dead style because <laughs> it's so much more oh. slowed down. Um, yeah, you know, because they're in their seventies, some of them. But it was oh, fun. Yeah. It was the last show of their tour, and there was just a really, it was just a fun vibe, and didn't hurt that we were very close and had incredible seats. And my buddy Willie, <laughs> you send him a text, and then you throw him some cash, and he just keeps bringing you beers. And we were giving away beers and food because it was just the whole thing. But also musically, it was it was unreal. But Sturgill yeah. Simpson at the Outlaw Tour, where like Willie Nelson played, Margot Price, Lucas Nelson. Yeah. Sturgill was up there, no production whatsoever. He's up there with just house lights on, and they're up there with their instruments, and they rocked. Yeah. 
They were awesome. Absolutely. That was, that was a really cool show. Speaking of that, you know, but uh, quarantine, I think we all had tickets to see him at the forum, and I had yeah. really good tickets. We did. We, there was like 12 of us on the floor together. I had a buddy find him from Columbus for it. Did the pandemic just ruin the Sound and Fury tour? Because I don't think... Yeah. I don't know if they're going back to that well, and no. that's one of my favorites of his, or at least the just the rocking nature of it. I definitely was looking forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be all bluegrass now. It's going to be a bluegrass tour. So, Billy, one last question about musical taste. So, if I was going to get it, like we were going for a ride, um, not old music, but a new mu- new band. You may have already named them. What album's going to be in there, or, or what you know? pandora station or whatever spotify yeah i mean it's theme. it's probably Houndmouth. they're 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 like the new americana in my mind they're awesome and as you know I yeah mean, I've, I've been to a few shows with you we were talking about it the last show they do a great job of playing the same songs different ways every show it's it, it may be subtle but it's, it's very it's subtle Just, let's, yeah. like little stuff and it's that's so cool they're not like completely changing up words and songs you know where you're like okay i can't even sing along with this you know but they're just changing up little riffs and intros and it's fun yeah i need to listen to them more and dude can rip yeah Yeah. man they they put on a great live show speaking of recent things a quick yes no question which we sometimes do here for all of us pete davidson yes yes no neil yeah i'm down Billy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I we're, mean, all, we're all yeses on yeah. Pete Davidson. It seemed like you wanted to know there. <laughs> it seemed like curious. you wanted to cut off his head and bury him. I, I, I feel like every time I open anything, it's something about Pete Davidson. I don't really understand the allure. I don't really find him necessarily that funny, but he seems like a genuine dude. So, like, I have no issues with him. Just a cur- Just curious. Yeah, you're right. You know, he's, he's starting to pile up a list of... Uh, of lovers, that's that's. that's very yeah, I mean, I guess um, if you're in, if you're into those types of ladies, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the gorgeous ones. Uh, if you're into the them. gorgeous, wealthy, successful. <laughs> it's about what's on the inside, John. ladies. You can't live with them. You can't live without them, right? Uh, <laughs> Wait a second. That sounds like. Wait a second. <laughs> I'm setting myself up. Yeah, um, nice. And <laughs> bring us home. Bring us home. <laughs> and uh, and on that note, you were listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. And this week we are discussing U2's "With or Without You" from the 1987 album Joshua Tree, written by Bono and produced by Daniel Lenoy and Brian Eno, and released on Island. Daniel Lenoir. Leno. Daniel Lenoir. Yes. <laughs> I'm from Mississippi, and it's Lenoy. <laughs> See the storm set in your eyes. See the thorn twist in your side. I'll wait for you. This one gets me right out of the gates. I mean, I love the way just... The, the vibe it creates right when it starts with that arpeggio and um, the feedback, the kick and bass comes in. Also, I was right in the sweet spot for this. In 87, I was like 9 or 10. In those days, when music came out and you had MTV and the radio, like that's all you really had, a couple cassettes or whatnot. But I mean, it was just everywhere. I've just loved it since since it came out. I think a lot of people 
could call this cheesy. I'm sure a lot of U2 fans have many other songs that they would pick as their favorite. But I really think if like you put them under a lie detector test, it, the the results might be a little different. And one of the best things about this song is just like you cannot ignore it. It demands your attention. You can either turn it off or listen to it. You definitely, it's, it's not just playing in the background very often. Or if it comes in in the car, it's not going to just play. You either want to hear it and you're like, hell yeah, or next. For sure. I was four when this came out, but my older brother loved you too. He had all their albums. He played them all the time. So, you know, and I, of course, liked everything my older brother liked. So, or most things. I probably preferred the two before this, the um, Streets Have No Name and uh, Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. But, you know, that, that doesn't take anything away from this tune. It's it's definitely got like a mystical gospel quality, which you would expect from some Irish Catholic rockers. And <laughs> Mystic gospel. You could use that for Van Morrison, too, even though I don't really see many similarities in their music. It does a thing that I enjoy where it's not really a happy or uplifting song. It's actually, I mean, lyrically very violent, but it it does soar, and it, it, it gives you the feels a little bit. You can't really ignore the feeling, I, I think. You know, it's it's tense. <laughs> Yeah. It's introspective in, in, in ways that, you know, can make you uncomfortable. But, you know, that what the great thing about it is the production and the refrains and the vocal and the guitar, they kinda it kinda makes it a pleasurable song to sing to. And not really I, I don't know, we we could talk about this later, but not really like I mean, you're not really crying. Like you you actually feel a little power. It's you're not like whining it. So it's mm-hmm. in that in that sense, very impressive piece of music. Sounds fucking whiny to me. Jesus Christ. Get over it, Bono. Fucking whatever, man. Oh, oh I'm so I don't want to be famous. Oh shut up. I'm just kidding. Don't put that in. <laughs> Do not put that in. Well, this song came out uh the year I was born. So I don't really have any kind of special like moment of hearing it or anything. It's just kind of always been played. It it honestly reminds me, uh, we grew up going to this pool club and they used to play a boom box over like the PA system that they would like call for rest period. (laughs) Like, so, uh, during like swim time, they would play sunny 95. And I feel like this song was on a lot at Northwest swim club, go tiger sharks. Um, so that's kind of my memory with it. And, uh, watching the music video, um, for it was just incredible. It, uh, it brought me back to, uh, trying to sneak watching MTV when I was too young and seeing like the mid nineties videos, even though this was a late eighties video, it was just like, so perfectly dated. It was awesome. Oh my God. The song is not adult contemporary, but the video is absolutely adult contemporary. But, like, they don't really seem like they're adults yet. Just the. (laughs) Adults wouldn't choose to do what Bono did in that video. Yeah, I mean, that look look was big right around then. I think that's where Hard to Kill came out. (laughs) What? Vest? (laughs) Vest, ponytail. Well, we also had Terry Silver and Karate Kid 3. Yeah, the, oh the, the evil dad in Kindergarten Cop had that hair. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Uh, uh, crisp. Crisp. Yeah. Crisp. Yep. Uh, a, little be- a little best of the best, you know, the American team. Uh, I, would, oh. I would say he could be Eric Roberts' teammate anytime. My buddy was in Best of the Best 3. He was a kid. He was a child actor. He got, he got called <laughs> Butt Stain by one of the neo-Nazis. 
<laughs> butt stain? Yeah, he was like, Mom, Jason changed the channel. And then, like, the kid, the kid who's, like, joining the neo-Nazis is like, shut up, butt stain. <laughs> and then and then goose that's left. the best goose, franchise you, you might have met goose maybe yeah he gave that up years ago Ch- shout out goose <laughs> shout out goose <laughs> all kinds of shout outs All right, well, let's, let's, let's get into the song a little bit. The, uh, my favorite part of well, Neil, it's your song. What, what's your favorite part of the song? Well, I think my favorite part is just kind of when it gets rocking and right when he goes into that, and you give Bono now, and you give Bono. Like, just, that's one of the only times you can really make out any kind of real, like, guitar chords going on. And it, it just, it has so much effect. I think the lack of yeah the lack of any kind of real structure when when something does drop in it's really effective because there's not much else it's it's all really airy the, and the fact of what what would you say those are power chords he's just hitting power chords right um sure Da-da-da-da. it's powerful I'm, I'm not yeah. sure exactly if they're power chords but it's 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 a little lip a little lick a little riff okay so I got a question for you about the refrain I, I love that part too but if you could pick uh give yourself away or with or without you, which one are you going with? Give yourself away, for sure. I mean, with or without you, it needs to be there, but I think the give yourself away is, is the more powerful kind of delivery. I I don't know as much about music as Neil does, so I'm going to go with Neil. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a more powerful delivery. Uh, I heard a wise man once say that um, the give yourself away part has a more powerful delivery. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to go with that. Well, let me, let me rephrase the question then real quick. What are you, when you listen to the song, what do you walk away like with in your head more often than not? Being ashamed to be Irish because Bono is. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Fair, fair, fair. You know, as an Irish Catholic, I love my mystic gospel. Um, so I'm just happy that um, <laughs> I've never heard mystic gospel before, especially compared to Catholicism. I love it. I would, I, I kind of like the beginning of the song. I know you're talking about those two uh, lines, I guess. But yeah, I feel like the beginning of the song is some. There are beginnings of some songs where you're like, oh, this is that song, and then it's a completely different song. I feel like actually you and I have done that before. This, yeah, absolutely. And then there there are songs that when they start, you know what freaking song it is, and that's yeah. this song. So yeah. I think the beginning of this song with the, the uh, arpeggio, mm-hmm. is that what you called it? Yeah, yeah arpeggio. That arpeggio is... Yeah. is uh, Unmistakable. Which is what, Neil? Let 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 us know what an arpeggio is. Um, it's I've, already, just, I've always said arpeggio. It's it's almost the notes of the chord just played in in a round over and over. So this would be in D, um, just a D arpeggio that plays throughout the song, even though the chords change underneath of it. It's just in the an arpeggio in the key of D, and it kind of it almost acts like a drone, but in a little opposite. Yeah. A drone would be more bass oriented. This is up high, kind of just keeping this the theme going throughout the whole thing. 
which it's odd that it goes through the whole fucking song. Like arpeggios usually don't do that. I think that's why this one's unique. But an arpeggio, just to be clear, it's like it's basically a scale that you can, like, if it's in D, you can play the D major scale over all four chords, and it's going to work, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. Not all scales are like that. Okay. And that's funny. You mentioned the beginning of the song because I would say my favorite part of the song, you know, is also the guitar, but it's that high infinite guitar thing that he's playing which i guess is the first mm-hmm. song he used that on because it kind of weaves in and out and it's almost to feedback level but it mm-hmm. works really well and it it really adds both a mystical and a spiritual <laughs> content to the song and, and also like it, it's almost ghostly in how it comes in and out of the song and i i it's gorgeous it, it, to be that close to um need i say it the edge of uh, feedback is, is impressive. <laughs> yeah, certainly, certainly. And just to circle back, I mean, this song leaves me with that. Just the beginning, those kind of, just that vibey, infinite guitar feedback. More so even than I'd say any of the words or lyrics. I mean, it's just those chords, that bass line, and those nice kind of squealing kind of yeah. harmonics. Well, well, it's... It, it's all atmosphere, right? I mean, it, which is a lot of the edge and a lot of the production, which, I mean, this basically had, like, three producers that, you know, when you hear their names, Daniel, uh, tell me what his name is, guys. Lenoir. Daniel Lenoir and uh, Brian Eno and then Steve Lillywhite mixed it. I mean, you're talking about, you know, three kind of masters of the of the production game working on this song, and what they have built atmospherically is... You know, I think like you said, Neil, like you can't really ignore it. And like you said, Billy, when you hear it, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, there's no denying this is the song that's that that's playing. So that's quite the feat in and of itself. To uh, wrap up like the whole guitar thing quick. I mean, I think that this was the first time Edge used that. And I think this song is just very important for music and you 2 in general. This really helped carve out like their sound. And it was... Um, different than Sunday Bloody Sunday or any, you know, a lot of their other songs are more upbeat, kind of rocking. And I think this song just really like, even on that album, it helps to just add something new and something that was, you know, their first number one hit. It's just, it's very, even though it may not be everyone's favorite, I think it is one of the most important I read that they really struggled with this. They were working on it for years, didn't know what to do until they heard Edge fucking with that infinite guitar that somebody had just sent him to try out. And they were like, ooh, that could work. And then they put it on there and were like, yep, this is it. Because the song in general, if we move into the songwriting a little bit, it's not a typical song. It doesn't really have verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. It's basically just a song that kind of builds throughout and the build really is, they, they do it with the production, but it's really Bono's voice, um, yeah. which, love it or hate it, it is a powerful voice. And it's, in this song, from how low he goes to how high he goes is kind of crazy. I mean, it's like Roy Orbison level of, see the thone twist, and then all the way, oh, I mean, like... It's it's fantastic. What do you, so uh, another quick yes no question? Uh, Bono, yes no, Neil. Absolutely, rock god, Legend. Billy. 
Yeah, you can't. I can't go against my countrymen. <laughs> my paisan. A, what a, <laughs> said like a true said like a true Irish Catholic. You you you're ashamed of him, but you can't go against. Him. I like <laughs> no, I don't know why he gets so much hate. I, isn't he like super philanthropic? <laughs> yeah, he's a great he's guy, like, yes. great yeah. voice. Like and people yeah, are yeah. just like, ooh, Bono. Like, you're overthinking it. Yeah, he's I don't know why. <laughs> like, it's it's the melodramatic. Like he's an artist. Good lord, they're all that way. Important artist. Watch the as we've already said. Watch the video. I mean, he's got a guitar <laughs> on his back that he doesn't play. I know it's the awesome. entire video. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's such a good video. The, the, just that. That's kind of a spoiler alert. You shouldn't have told people <laughs> if they hadn't seen it before <laughs> because the whole time you're waiting for him to play him one chord. Yeah. You're like when I, you're like once it builds, he's just going to swing it around and like rock star style start jangling. Jangling. And just no jangling. And, and then at the very at the very end he just starts whipping yeah. it around like it's a fucking piece of clothing at a strip club. Well, no one wants to see him whipping around and act like he's on open mic. Like, yeah, get it, boys. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, you don't really whip an acoustic around to have a solo. You know? While the arpeggio is going on. You can't solo during arpeggio. Are you kidding me? On an acoustic guitar? Get out of here. Through the storm, we reach the shore. Why don't we dive into the lyric real quick? Uh, <laughs> what do you guys think about the lyric as a whole in this song? What do you mean the lyric? The lyrics? That's what that's what Josh calls it. <laughs> what that's he? the appropriate way to Neil, say it. Neil, explain well, it to me. Sure, sure. What does he mean? That may be the appropriate way to say it, but that's not how... Ninety-nine point nine percent of one song says it. is a lyric. If you're talking about an album, you could be like the lyrics on that album. But if you're saying that song, where did you a for, did you look it up or did you hear someone say this? Like, because yeah, I've never heard anyone and be so demanding about it. That's the fucking way you say I it, know. man. Then, like, he's the guy that like would go up and like talk to the Beatles and he'd say the lyric. They'd be like, "What do you mean, man?" And he'd be like, "It's, uh, it's technically that's how you say it." <laughs> what do you think about the words? Yeah, there you go. You're from Mississippi. Dumb it down to how you understand it. Jeez. Well, I how do think you. it's the it's the best, most sentimental version of can't live with them, can't live without them. It's very good. I but my, the most important thing to me is the music, and I think with or without you is a very classic line. The delivery is almost more important than the actual lyrics here. Yeah, I, I've never really been a huge fan of With or Without You. I do like some of the the imagery, the like, cause there's a lot of like religious, like violent, like self uh, masochistic uh, shit yeah. going on in this, uh, yeah. in the lyric, which, which you know, I'm a glutton for self punishment. So I I do like the like bed of nails, she makes me wait, uh, slide a hand and twist, uh, thorn twist in the side, uh, slide a hand twist of fate. I think I just like the beginning, the stone set in your eyes. It just really starts to paint a picture. You kind of know what you're in for right out of the gates. Stone set in your eyes, thorn twist in your side. It's just a nice nice way to open a song, especially in this vein. In this vein? Ooh, you're cutting it open. Adding to that uh, <laughs> religious imagery. Uh, Billy, <laughs> what's... Uh, fa- uh, I like the, fa- the line, through the storm we reach the shores. Because I think this is about like a real relationship, 
You know, like Ooh. you hate them. Take, get deep. You get hate, deep oh, right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I want, we've got we've we've established that I'm Irish. I can only go so deep uh, in more <laughs> ways than one. You guys get it. Uh, so do all my ex lovers. Um, I yeah, I think it's about a real relationship because there ain't no perfect person for you. There's just the person that you can kind of stand the most. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, she's, like she's going to make you wait on a bed of nails. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We're going to go through some shit, but you know, we'll be fine. Just with or without you, I can't live. Yeah, just, we all agree that this is about a relationship. He says it's about the relationship between his Bono and whatever else his name is in real life. His the domesticated Bono, his Catholic name. Way to do your research before the podcast, Josh. You know, I'm not trying to to, to fuck with his uh, privacy. People can it's not, research his. It's his, Paul David Houston. That ain't no private thing. Old PDH. Wow, you just called him out. Paul David Houston. I'm sorry, PDH. Uh, <laughs> he should have been called Bono P- PhD. No, doesn't matter. Wow, work. good one. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> I tried. You did. I went it for was it. a good try. With, it yeah. was worth it, hearing the try. In recognition of the baseball of the MLB lockout ending, I I, I took a swing. Um, oh wow, man! That mustache wow, that is bringing be, the dad that vibes. Might have been worse. That is that is amazing. <laughs> Uh, we should mention that U2 is also made up of uh, Rhythm Section, which is Adam Clayton on bass, which is very prominent in the mix. I don't think it's anything special, but it, it does add a lot to the the atmosphere they create. And then Larry Mullen Jr. on drums, which a weird thing I read was that, I guess, Brian Eno did the drum sequence on electronic drums, and then Mullen comes in with the acoustic drums like when the song starts to build. Similar to what you were saying earlier, Neil, when he plays those power chords is for the effect in general. Of like, all right, now this is an important part of you know this guy's fight or the tension that's going on in the song. So, the nature of this song is so... The rhythm is so important because it is just four chords. They never change. It's weird that they never change chords. Just It's all dynamics that it's done with. Yeah. Um, and funny enough, it actually is like this magic pop rock chord progression, which is one, five, yeah. six, four. Like there's probably hundreds of thousands of songs that are that progression. But you got to be damn good to do it right. It, it, can, it can sound just like cheesy bullshit if you don't, uh, if you don't have the, the yeah. swagger of the edge. And Bono. You don't want the swagger, the edge, or the uh, self righteousness of Bono. <laughs> the, the those that the combination of those two is is hard to but it, beat. But it is impressive that the whole song is only four chords and never changes. Oh, absolutely. And we can get to that in Under the Influence because I got a few songs and I was like, wait, is this the same song? But a couple fun facts first. Uh, this was uh, number one thirty one on Rolling Stone's five hundred greatest songs. The manager originally found it too sonically unusual to be a single but it was uh, three weeks at number one and 18 weeks on the charts so he was wrong and yeah uh, <laughs> too unusual well you're fired <laughs> five iron huh 
<laughs> You're fired. <laughs> you guys get it from Happy Gilmore. Well, <laughs> well, speaking of Happy Gilmore, I think it's time to vibe, fellas. So, uh, cue the music in three, two, one. And Billy, you're the guest, so you get to to give us your best vibrator. Best vibrator? I'm giving you my best vibrator. Why would I do that? I love that thing. <laughs> Your best vibrator noise. Uh, oh, noise. Oh. Just turned it on. Good. I paid a good <laughs> dollar for that thing. <laughs> Is that a Vuvuzela? You went over the edge on that feedback. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love your edge puns. They're good. <laughs> Neil, it's your song. When do you want to hear this song? I have a specific time. The other night I was on the couch listening to this in headphones. And I look up on the TV and the office is playing. Um, it's this, it's like season eight, episode 19, where Andy leaves work, tries to go get Aaron back. It's this whole dramatic episode. I watched the whole episode and then just put this song on at the end. And it was hilarious when I looked up to see Aaron running like in slow motion, trying to catch Andy in his car before he turned the corner with or without use playing in my ears. And it was just magical. It was perfect. I think I might need to make a, a super little, cut, put it on YouTube or a something. Office Matt, yeah. Yeah, a little update for the video. Get your TikTok game going. All right, Bill, Billy, when do you want to hear this song? When I had a bad day at work and I just get in the car and drive home without listening to anything. Because the day was that bad, you know, and you just don't listen to anything in your car because you're just fucking done. And then you get home and park in your parking garage and uh, then it pops on and then you cry and then you put your car in reverse and then you go to Taco Bell and then get some ice cream and then go back home and eat your feelings. That's that's probably when I want to hear it. You can't live uh, without that double wrap yeah. crunch. Oh, that Doritos, Locos, Taco, Crazy, Cheesy taco, Gordita Crunch. Oh, give me a large Mountain Dew, a beefy Mel Burrito, chicken quesadilla, extra creamy jalapeno sauce. And then we're going to do that. fucking too. Yeah, and some with or without And you're giving yourself away to Taco Bell at that point. Um, oh, yeah. So, willingly. I would say sitting in a pew in an empty church or uh, a solitary rock in the desert. Right? <laughs> it's so fucking Tor- epic. Kind of the same. Tor- tormented by a lover or myself, as Bono said, and, and needing wanting answers and trying to find it either from God or the universe. That is when I want to hear the song. Yeah, you're really capturing the drama there. Yeah. We- I'm, being, I'm channeling my inner Bono or my inner uh, Patrick David... Houston, Paul David Houston, Paul David Houston, my, PDH, my inner PDH. Would you use a catalyst if you were on that rock in the desert to try to connect you to the universe? I mean, there, 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 if I was in Joshua Tree, there could be some mushrooms involved. Absolutely. I like your style. Yeah, yeah. And and speaking of mushrooms and Joshua Tree, I think it's time we slip under the influence and talk about dude. Uh, good segue, dude. <laughs> nice. Boom. You you, see, you set it up. It's softball. Um, influenced by influence moving forward. Just something you think sounds like this. Recommendations. Uh, Neil, it's your song. Give us a few. 
it sounds a lot like Arcade Fire. I could even see them playing this. I'd love to actually hear them sing this. Just the kind of vibey nature, kind of like the experimental guitar. I think it sounds like explosions in the sky. Maybe even a little beach house. Um, Oh, nice. And, I mean, something prior. I do think that this has a journey kind of feel to it. Just like the dramatic, slow, ballady kind of tune it's obviously more dramatic and kind of serious than some journey stuff but it it, it has that vibe Ooh, well journey uh billy what you got i don't have one that's like extremely like it but one that gets me in my feelings and a little uh gets my irish up is uh nose on the grindstone by tyler childers and okay. uh it's a well-written song, and he has a very powerful voice. Uh, he also uh, has the same color body hair as me, so I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a good song that, uh, that you could also listen to at the end of a bad day and probably uh, well up a little bit. <laughs> or end up at Taco Bell. Yeah, I um, mean, hey, oof, God, any good day ends at Taco Bell. I'm going to go... This is like, uh, as I said earlier, Orbison and a little like REO Speedwagon early 80s ballads. Uh, to me, The Killers, it sounds a lot like The Killers in my mm-hmm. mind. And then when I was listening to it, I was like, man, this sounds like Lightning Crashes by Live. And it does. It, <laughs> yeah. it really does. It might I, even be the same I, chords. That, that might be the magic chords, too. <laughs> yeah, it might be the magic chords. When I would listen to it, I was like, see the stone, Lightning Crashes. A new mother cries, and Keep maybe going, a, a little. Come on! <laughs> Don't stop. <laughs> this moment she's been okay, waiting for. Okay, never mind. Stop, for. please. Jeez, good <laughs> lord. <laughs> Speaking of moments that uh, we've been waiting for, I think it's time to slide under the covers and Ooh, discuss the covers of this. <laughs> Get in here. Um, <laughs> me, <laughs> Get in here. Smell these Dutch ovens. Get on. Come on now. Get in here. <laughs> Neil, what covers did you listen to? Well, I listen to a lot, and I must say there's not a lot of good stuff out there. It's a tough cover. Even U2 is kind of on the razor's edge of too sentimental and dramatic, and, and trying to capture what they did is pretty tough. There was one guy named Keen that did it just kind of on a cool little almost toy keyboard. Very cool version. It was actually the version I was listening to during that amazing little office moment. There's a lot of like choral performances. Um, This group, they've they've come up before, but Scala and Colcockney Brothers. I don't know what the hell. So I think it's Colockney. Do you know him? Yeah, (laughs) Skulls and Colocks. Yeah, dude. They've They've been around. Yeah, that running the church circuit. <laughs> Billy's been watching those church. Belgian choral singers for for a yeah, long they're time. Doing the mystic gospel circuit. One more note: <laughs> it's not a cover, but it's a good place to bring it up. I think the best use ever of this song in TV or film was at the end of the Americans, the last, the finale episode, right towards oh, the end. They play that, and it's cool because. It's not necessarily about love. It's not like this, oh, they just broke up. We're playing with or without you. It's it's just, it's very like yeah. dramatic and like the just war of nations and spies. It, it really works well there. Absolutely. Billy, did you, did you hear any? Yeah, two cellos. 
which I thought when I first ah. clicked it, I was like, oh, Two Chains does a cover. This will be awesome. <laughs> uh, and it was not Two Chains. It was definitely a couple of cellos. And they sounded great. Um, and then I saw yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, it's a good melody. Yeah, I saw on YouTube Imagine Dragons covered it, and they just they played it like it, uh. like low key, not like banging loud uh, kettle drums. Imagine Dragons. Yeah, they they were good. They were that guy can sing. They're kind of today's U two. I mean, I wouldn't say they're quite as good, but I think for a younger generation, they are the U two. Yeah, that's a good point to some extent. Yeah. Well, they're killers esque, you know. So if you if you take my observation earlier that the killers sounded like them, they're two Las Vegas bands, and I think both all Mormons. So not all Mormons are you two, but all two you all you two cover bands are Mormons. Uh, that didn't make any sense. Boy, what? Okay, well now that we got that out of the way, Neil, how does the shoe fit for With or Without You? Well, it was a tough one. I had, I had to look around a little bit. I found um, some shoes from 1987, the year it came out. Some Air Force Threes, which they definitely don't make anymore. Super high tops. They're brown, white, and black. I think Bono could have even worn them with his uh, little get-up on the video, and they would have mixed right in. Um, and I love me some, nice. some Nike basketball shoes, so there you go. Going with the kicks at per use. Uh <laughs> Billy, what you got? Uh, as much as I love... U uh, two and a lot of their stuff. This is uh, and this song too. I like this song. It's just pretty dramatic, and uh, I feel like it's a Tiva. Not not. It's not a Sativa. Oh. This is a Tiva. The Tiva so sandal. Tiva's dramatic. T- I mean, look. Most people who wear Tivas, <laughs> you know, they're, they're the kind that are like eating meat gives you HPV. Like, shut up, you know, just stop, just relax, just. <laughs> Just live your life. Relax. Stop trying to be... Ugh, God. Anyway. I, I agree. I've worn Tevas before. So, what does that say about me? I, I've probably had a pair hey, of Tevas in I my ain't life. never worn no damn Tevas. <laughs> uh, this song for me fits like uh, the Clark's Desert Chuck-a-Boot because Brand, it's a classic. Awareness. Is that a bird? It, it's a classic... It's a classic, and it can be worn in the desert or in church. Oh, nice, dude. See? There's a practical reason. Practical reason. And and on that note, our cover of U2's With or Without You. Through 
the storm, we reach the shore. You give it all, but I want more. And I'm waiting for you. With or without you. cover you just heard was performed by Neil Marsh and Josh Bond. Thank you for listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you.
If you like what you heard, please subscribe and rate on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify, or wherever you listen. If you'd like to communicate with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at PodGabeRock. Next week is my week, and we will be discussing Amy Winehouse's Back to Black. Damn wait! <laughs>